0: It's so hot, isn't it? I had the very good idea yesterday when my kids got me out of bed at bloody half past five, to just take them to the park at like seven o'clock in the morning. Nice. We cycled to the park at seven a.m. We stayed there two hours and then at nine a.m. when it started getting really hot, I brought them home. And I got home thinking it was about lunchtime, and it was actually nine a.m. I can't. I can't deal with it. Oh, you're kidding me! But George, you can't just do that and then.
1: It's it's a it's a pain, right? Because uh, we're. We're moving house, but the new buyers are just like, they're wanting like every single thing checked in the house. And I'm the only <laughs> one that's here. And I'm, so I'm the one that has to sort it all out. And like, I think now like matey boy's here to check the electrics or something. And I, was told he was coming. Well, is, I was told he was coming today, but no time. And it's like, what, 9.36?
0: It's absolutely ludicrous that they would be investing hundreds of thousands of pounds into something and want to just check out a few things that are working. It is ludicrous.
1: But it falls on me now, the man of the house, to sort it all out. <laughs> Oh awesome. I don't
0: think I like having grown-up conversations with you. It's really unnerving. <laughs> False alarm. But he should be here any time. So if
1: if I have to dash from the podcast, you know why.
2: Can we start this? Because I've got an embargo to finish by lunchtime. Oof. We're
1: on the clock now, are we, guys?
0: Unbelievable. <laughs> Honestly, we give you this platform. <laughs>
2: I'm a busy woman.
0: George is going to be a a peculiar nuisance for the next 45 minutes I feel yeah I'm in a I'm in one of those moods but there's not much to
1: wind you all up about today so I mean I'm sure I'll find something
0: Let's talk about the PJ Tour, George. For the purposes of people who spent most of the weekend outside in the blazing heat and humidity, give us your uh, Cooper report on the Cooper FedEx St. Jude. Well,
3: Championship I was
0: dipping,
1: I was dipping in and out of the garden to be honest. Um, and That was all day with the sport, but eventually I made it into the, into the lounge and uh, did watch some golf. And uh, it's all background wow.
0: we don't need. Let's it, talk about the golf.
1: Yes, we do. Everyone, the, the fans aren't just here to hear about. The golf they're here to partly hear about us guys and me and our lives so oh. <laughs> anyway back to the golf basically we had 71 holes of I'll be honest it was pretty boring like, the golf the pj tour sort of bored me a bit this weekend there wasn't much going on and then and then it came into life like it was one of the best finishes I was so tired and then suddenly I was wide awake like it was a great finish she had Zalatoris and Seb Straka going at it in a playoff. I mean, it was brilliant. Zalatoris hold an amazing part on eighteen to take it to the playoff. I mean, his putting all week was weekend was amazing, considering you know the eyebrows that are raised of his stroke sometimes. So off to a playoff we went. Then there was absolute drama on the par three. Zalatoris somehow didn't get into the water. Stracker did get into the water, and finally Zalatoris is a winner on the PGA Tour.
0: How good does sorry, that so, sound? so 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 sorry. Just for those of us who didn't manage to stay awake, this is the par three. 11th, which is surrounded by water and that wall. Well, we well, was hit literally green. on top
2: of the wall, wasn't he? Like, I mean, I, I couldn't know, believe I was seeing it. bounced down yeah. the wall like 10 times and still stayed out of the wall. But Did you think he un- was going to hit it,
1: Hannah? Did you think he was going to try and play it?
2: I was just looking at it thinking, as soon as you hit that, it's going backwards in the wall. Like, there's no way that's going anywhere.
1: Yeah. Unless you've literally
2: dug the whole, whole turf out in front of him, which I'm not sure how I would have done.
1: Yeah, I mean, for those who didn't see it, his ball was literally wedged in between the rough and like the wooden lip which obviously goes all the way down into where the water is so if even so the tri- ball was
2: like basically underground wasn't it if yeah
1: it, so it I think below
2: the level of the turf so there was a full it like ridge tried of to hit grass.
1: it, it would have just well surely it would have just ricocheted back into the water and him and his new caddy joel stock who by the way how incredible was that first first uh time on the bag and he's just picked up what 270k fair play fair play but they were they were talking about it for ages. And I think everyone, because let's be honest, most people wanted a to win. Like he's such a likable character. And the fact he hadn't won on the PGA Tour yet is pretty incredible. Everyone was willing him on. And everyone was just must have been screaming at the TV, like, do not hit this ball. Like Stracker has already had gone in the water. Then he'd gone in the bunker. So like Zalatouris, he had the shots. He was still probably gonna win if he was just smart about this. And him and his caddy were looking at this ball, this unplayable ball, like there's no shot there for what seemed like an age. And it was like, is he going to hit it? Isn't he? And then finally, finally, I think it was Caddy talked him into picking it up. Back, he
0: went to the drop zone and then basically stiffed it in and hold out for the win. David, yeah, what did he shout when he putted? I saw it very briefly on Twitter this morning. He gave it the something like, what are they going to say about me now or something? Like What was just,
1: What, what were they things, saying,
0: Will? What were they saying? Well, they were saying was, don't hit
1: that ball on the level. But yeah, that was quite a We promise. hadn't got to
2: that point yet.
1: No, we hadn't. We hadn't. But, what did you make of his passing there, General Hannah?
2: It looked alright. I mean, it still looks a bit dodgy on short ones, but I feel like although he either left himself tap or like a long enough length where the stroke's a bit better. Like there's only a small little zone where it's not that comfortable, three to five foot. Just so is that what he them. is
0: that what he was referencing when he said, "What are they going
3: to talk about now?" I, I, I believe it was that. Yeah, it was he a gets hated.
2: absolutely
3: banned, doesn't he? But by, by people who know on social, Brad Faxon mainly.
2: Brad Faxon's all about putting so he's gonna like go in for people more aren't they
3: first win on the PJ Tour
1: for Willis, Zor- Willis yeah can't even say his name now Willis Taurus first win on the PJ Tour I, I, I couldn't believe it though like I mean he obviously he was like the best player to not have won on the tour before for yesterday but amazingly now I mean I, I wanted to know what you guys sort of th- thought about this he's now first in the FedEx Club rankings after that win he's now leapfrogged Scotty Scheffler with that win, because there's so many points on offer for winning an event, one of the three playoff events. But it's his first win of the season. Like Scheffler's won four times, including the green jacket. And he's had like, I think I looked it up, uh, nine top tens on top of that. And now he's second from a guy who's won once like
3: but Zalatoris, Zalatoris hasn't cheated has he it's not like they've miscounted
1: of
0: course not but what I'm saying is do you not think the the point system is but that's, that's just the way they've weighted it towards the playoffs isn't it the importance of getting into the playoffs and then exactly yeah the, I think we have to separate the playoffs from the regular
3: season every year there's this argument right so there's the season to get into the playoffs and then there's the playoffs. So there's a better a better argument would be to say why Scottie Scheffler second or whatever he is because he's had a he's finished tenth this week in the playoffs. So it, it's a distinct event where they try and make and why not just com- reset the whole thing then? Exactly, yeah, all, yeah, that, it, I understand
2: much- that thought process, but also they are playing for like the best player of the year in theory as the winner of the playoffs. So should that just be someone who's had... At- because it's still the A FedEx Cup, up, isn't it? Yeah, it's but you not. You yeah, the but
0: Tour Championship is yeah. still weighted in, in, for that, isn't it? That's why they have that ludicrous system going into the final event.
2: But yeah, but ready. if you say, say that was next week, Will would start at the top of that. 10-under, yeah.
3: But the mistake is not Zanatoris being top of the FedEx, having won the first playoff event. That's absolutely right. The mistake is saying that winning the Masters contributes to your playoff performance. Winning the Masters get, helps you get into the playoff once you're in the playoffs it should just be a free for all that's how all the playoffs work
1: but isn't it it's not it's not isn't it to win the fedex cup in general and the whole it's season so the, the fedex cup though
2: which is a season exactly which during. is a
1: season on. it's not the fedex it's not the, the fedex cup playoffs isn't a separate Well, it is separate but it's not you're not winning the fedex cup playoffs you're winning the fedex cup and the fedex cup is the whole year's
3: thing so I'll say it again that's the mistake <laughs> well
0: yeah yeah
2: that's, that's, what, saying. We're saying. Not, that's what we're like saying
0: should it be like that should it be yeah But, george can i just use a football analogy you're so he's if doing. if a team finishes in seventh and gets into the playoffs and then gets promoted, nobody's going. Oh well, the team that finished fourth won more games. They should have got. Yeah, promoted.
1: I do. I think it's stupid. It's like in, like in rugby, you can win, you can be top of the prem and not win, the, not win, and then and then lose in the semi of the playoffs.
0: Yeah, but everyone knows what it is at the start of the season. Everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone's in the they same do, boat. Isn't it? it's, we, it's not like we, Zalatoris showed up and went. Driver, oh, by the way, lads, I know I've just won this FedEx Cup playoffs event, but now I'm going to be top. Is that all right? Cheers. Everyone knew that knows the deal at the start. Yeah, but we're still allowed to scrutinise Alex, or we we wouldn't have a podcast.
3: So. No, I think you are you are allowed to scrutinise. Yeah, but it, it, literally the same thing happens every year where people go, oh, brrr, whoa, well, it's not fair because he's one of the things. That's right, and he got a trophy for it, and a green jacket, and loads of money. And this is different. That's the whole point. It's a different thing.
0: Scotty Shepard is okay with being number two in the rankings and having a green
3: jacket. I think he's probably got going to go over it. By your argument, George, it's basically let's just have a vote and who do we think deserves it. Oh, Scottish Sheffield's had a good season. Won the Masters. Loads of well, that would be
1: nice, wouldn't it? It would be nice. He's a nice
3: guy. Yeah. yeah. He can go to live. Lame of it. <laughs>
1: Who would you vote for in the nice guy competition on the golf tour?
3: Well, not Will Taurus anyway. He's, <laughs> he's <got him> stroke.
1: <laughs> he was shouting exactly at you. You're one of the haters. That's why he oh, made that comment.
3: I reckon I'm the big his biggest fan. Biggest? Well, yeah. He's
2: is a, is a fellow decader, so he's right on it.
3: I wouldn't say I was a fellow decader. I did subscribe to it last year. And it is quite annoying watching him play golf and people not understand what he's doing, and also not understand his excellent major record, with, where I think his decade stuff is gives him a disproportionate advantage over people not using it. I think just before
0: we we're
3: running a risk of De- getting quite
0: yeah we're running a risk of getting quite nerdy and that's fine hannah has done a, a very insightful podcast with scott Fawcett, who is the creator of decade is he the creator the founder mm-hmm. which is a course management system which wills Zalatoris, among other people use so i think we can have this discussion but without it getting too geeky is that i think probably the best way to put it so hannah really? just go over it in layman's terms pretend you're talking to george
2: <laughs> i feel like it's wow. better to pretend i'm talking to you <laughs> essentially in the most basic form it accounts for the fact that even if you were stood on the range aiming at a flag every single shot you hit would not go near it you would have like this spread of golf balls from left to right and that is a certain width so therefore you shouldn't really be firing at pins that are really near the edges of greens because if you think of how far left or right your shots could go they're going to end up in a bunker or water or horrible situations so effectively you should be moving the pin in your mind to a different place on the green so you can fit most of that like shot dispersion on the green or somewhere where it's not going to be like a disaster i feel that's the simplest way i can put it
3: (laughs) so what he does what what he does is the he's got two i think very compelling pieces of evidence he's like mapped out something like ten thousand shots of tiger woods like watched tiger woods reruns to like a ridiculous number and he basically never short sides himself so he always misses on the correct side and the second thing he shows you is aaron wise who at the time was like a top 50 tour player hit 56 irons, and his dispersion left to right with a six iron is 32 yards which means that he's got if the pin is 16 yards from the edge of the green aaron wise has got no right to go for it because he's not accurate enough and that that i think is like really really instructive and he will then explain how you can move your center point so if your left to right dispersion is 32 yards but the majority of your misses from your start line to the right then you have to adjust your start line to the left to compensate for that shot pattern um, and I think once you understand that it's a lot easier to manage your game around a golf course and Zala Torres has been with him since he was like 13 or something and Scott Fawcett's caddy for him so I think his way of doing it is so ingrained um, and that comes out much more in the majors I think like no more so than St Andrews this year where it was all about patience and managing your approach shots so yeah big sort of fan of the whole thing
0: so in in the podcast with Hannah uh, Scott said that Zalatoris is dodgy putting his words was was not that big a deal and it and it obviously showed last night. Then Scott took to Twitter to have a bit of a rant at Brad Faxon and commentators, among others. Do we think it's justified that he's that he's upset with the way that the commentators are talking about Tom? You mentioned before that nobody really understands what's going on with decade.
3: I mean, it's like like George said, the commentators have a right to analyse, don't they? Otherwise, <laughs> what's the point? And he's putting his his putting stroke occasionally is just ridiculous, right? But the fact that he's able to manage such a significant weakness is just bonkers mental strength. And I think he doesn't actually leave himself many of those that length puts is the big thing because of the way he manages his game prior to that. So what he what he does do is do a lot of lag putting and logs rolls it up stone dead. And he leaves himself a lot of outside 10, 15 footers where his stroke's a lot, lot better. Very rarely is he scrambling three, four footers because he's had a short-sided chip. So I think that it's... Looking at his putting stroke, which is obviously a significant weakness on short putts, is like only one part of the picture. It's everything that goes before that which enables him to be as good as he is with that weakness. But that said, um, you can't exactly say that on commentary, can you, all the time?
0: When you look at that footage, I mean, there's so much of it of those short putts where his putter, I mean, Hannah, we were looking at one last week and you, you said he almost missed the ball. Now, I just look at that and think, how can someone who is in the position he is inexplicably top of the FedEx rankings with that putting <laughs> stroke over over
2: those short putts? It's got to be a mental thing, hasn't it? Because he physically has the ability to hit so many shots and do so many things. Like it's obviously just like a little yip or something. Think how many golf balls and how many putts these people are hitting. Like, there's something else going on there.
0: Well, that's why I can't get my head around.
3: Do you not think that these days that um, the particularly this sort of latest bunch of players coming onto the tour, they're just so, so mentally strong, presumably because they've, this is part of the coaching that they have in elite programmes. It's all about as much about your brain as about it is about everything else. And they're able to manage weakness and manage kind of foibles and quirks way, way more than um, players of 10 or 20 years ago, where it would just sort of destroy them. Like you could take, take your pick from Justin Thomas topping a drive in the open or the problems that Spieth had, or Scottie Scheffler's feet, or whatever you want—like they've all got something. Or Morikawa's putting, or uh, Hovland's chipping—they've all got something that's pretty random, pretty random, and pretty significant, obvious weakness. Yet they're in the, all in the world top ten. It's pretty amazing.
2: Well, I think that all those people have skills in some areas that are like so ridiculously good. It just balances it out, doesn't it? Like the amount. Yep will in approach it's more to mental green, yeah does it, it doesn't actually really matter if he loses someone like putting green
3: but that's that's that is I think where the game's moved on loads like people want to point the finger at um, advancement it's in technology as to why scoring is much lower and, and people hit the ball further and all the rest of it and that is obviously part of the picture but if you go back 20 years a lot of this stuff would have been coached out of people and Salatoris would have been told he has to get better at three foot putts and he has to do something about his putting stroke, or he's never gonna compete. And now they seem to just work around it, or Sheffield would have been told he has to sort his footwork out. But because data I think is we have bear, a lot
2: better coaching and a lot more data. Like people know people always thought putting was so important, you know, drive for sure, put for do. If you look at the data now on the strokes gained and stuff they've collected, putting's not anywhere near as important as people would have thought actually having the best approach play is like the most important thing to score. Yeah. And why Will is doing what he's doing. It, and equally,
3: it doesn't matter what Sheffler's feet are doing because he's not hitting the ball with his feet. It matters where he's, how his club's presented at impact. So that I think all of that stuff is part of the sort of low scoring picture and Salatoris is right at the sort of forefront of that. What do the youth say, George? People just do you better nowadays, don't they? People are much more comfortable in their own skin. Am I a youth now? Of course you are. you Gen, like what are you? Gen, Gen something rather? Generation X. No, you're not. You're Generation Z.
1: Z. I'm
3: not going to say Z, but you are definitely that.
0: Gen Z. general
3: <laughs> Z. I'm X. Hannah's a millennial. Oh, yeah,
0: Z, Z's the 90s, isn't
2: it? I was born in the 90s.
0: So was so Will Taurus. Before we change the subject, I do just want to touch on something you were talking about there, because when you were talking about driving and putting now I saw one of those social media posts over the weekend I can't remember who did it which are just designed to generate engagement which obviously is not a bad thing at all but it so it was it was saying which of these would you rather have and then it was just one of those things it was like would you rather have Rory's driving Morikawa's irons uh I think it was Justin Thomas's wedge game and tigers putting for example from my brain i'm looking at it and going surely everyone would just take morikawa's iron game because everyone can poke a driver into a fairway or near a fairway and then just get morikawa's mm-hmm. irons to put it on the green for you
2: i've seen y'all driving. <laughs> you driving
3: well, yeah, anyway, seen... you forget i edit this and i can cut all this out <laughs>
2: i'm
3: not even sure morikawa can hit it stiff from 180 40 yards right <laughs> <laughs>
2: I would be taking the approach play all day. Maybe I'd go for someone a bit more diverse, though. So. But Nelly Corder?
3: I would take Morikawa's approach play. Thank you. I'd still want putting.
2: That's stupid. Yeah,
3: i say that's, it. It's not stupid. That is stupid.
2: It is. According but to the I'd, map, that is stupid. I'd
1: want to make This is why part. Scott
2: gets so angry on Twitter. Yeah, but I'd just be
1: happier because stupid. that's the last shot you play on the on the hole. Like, I usually leave the hole fuming after a free part, so at least I'd yeah, start
2: yeah, every... If Morikawa's your approach shot... Put. You're so close, you're not going to three putt.
3: Oh, you haven't seen me putt, Hannah. <laughs> and any putt outside what 10 feet is as likely to go in as it is likely to miss, regardless of who you are. Mm, Anything else up is up. a statistical anomaly. or just. So what
1: we're saying is the wedge play will lead to the putting. So the wedge play is the answer. Here we go. Guys, you can't be nodding our heads.
0: This is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're nodding in disbelief.
2: Work on your approach play, basically.
0: Galgorm Castle, Northern Ireland,
3: a wonderful event
0: that we all love.
3: Well, this what? is the future, isn't it? This is what it exactly should be doing. So Hannah and I watched a bit of this on Friday in the office, and I was so in tune with what's going on in the world of golf, I didn't actually realise it was a mixed event. <laughs> Just but, the,
2: the confusion on his face when he looked up and saw a women's group and then looked up five minutes later and saw a man. He was like, eh, what's going on here?
3: But the, So this, I think this is way more sustainable way of doing it than um, having men and women competing against each other. Having men and women playing in separate tournaments at the same time forces the disengaged to engage in women's golf in a way that they might otherwise wouldn't in a similar way to the hundred is doing at the moment with matches on the same day. So I thought that's a really cool idea and um, I'm all for it. I don't know how they manage the presumably smaller number of playing spots for the men and the women if they've got trying to get two full fields out on the same day i don't know how they work around well they've
2: got two golf courses that's how they did it there yeah but obviously that limits you on how many times a year you can do it because not every place has two golf courses Um, they'll be doing it at the Australian it's two Open separate clubs, year, though, isn't it? And it's that would
0: not be two, two separate courses. It's not two courses at the same club, is it? I'm sure it's two separate co- clubs.
2: But even so, the logistics of you've got to find yeah, two decent places, haven't you? Yeah. You can't have one playing a real top course and then someone else at the Muni down the road. <laughs> it needs to work logistically. <laughs> so you guys go and play golf? foot golf for this for the Friday. <laughs> everyone does have an obsession with like if it's mixed they all have to be playing against each other and i think that's nice for like one or two maybe like spectacle events a year but i don't think it works all the time like the point is driving viewership to women's golf and getting people to see it because like people just don't watch it because they don't even think to watch it or it's never on tv
1: i think the big one is that by having these events it suddenly you you That disclaimer has gone. It's not women's golf anymore. It's golf. And I was talking to my dad about this. It's like, what is one of the most successful sports for women? And it's arguably tennis, right? And that's because when you buy a ticket to Wimbledon, you're not buying a ticket for women's tennis or men's tennis. You're buying a ticket for the tennis, right? And it's the same, another sport, like for example, MMA and the UFC has been in the last 10 years has been massive, right? The, The acceleration of growth and even for women has been huge because you buy a pay-per-view event for the UFC, for example, and you're buying to watch the fights, right? And then there's a men's fight, a women's fight. You're not, you're not, but the product isn't women's fighting. It's not men's fighting. And then it's able to prosper. And suddenly then people will tune in to watch that. Same with the golf, who, if it was women's golf on Sky, I'm not going to watch that, right? A lot of people, it's golf. They put it on, then suddenly they get, they see a bit of the women playing. Oh, they're actually very good. This is, this is great to watch. Next thing you know, they're actually buying an event for a women's. Um, golf event, or they're putting it on next time it's on TV. So, yeah, I was, I think that's the way forward, and I thought it was really good to see. And I think that's one of the biggest ways you are going to be able to grow women's so, golf and grow. grow it Jewish was kind
2: sport. of weird though, wasn't it? Because it was a pretty strong women's field, given the fact it was an LET and L P G event. Like there was a lot of big names there, and then you just had a fairly weak European Tour field to be fair. Was the
3: prize was the prize money the same yeah. for the men and the women?
2: So the prize money was the same for the men and women, which everyone goes on about being really good, but then it's like one of the lowest funded events of the year for the men.
1: Wasn't me, though, and I'm, I'm not 100% sure of this, so please correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't the, the the ranking points were just minimal? It's like even the winner for the men's got hardly anything for in terms of ranking points.
3: Yeah, might like be wrong eight, on that, but... that's but That's because of the cash, in it, I suppose. I know that's because uh, the yeah. but of the But do you not think that but was a re- I mean, I cap- might be off, but...
2: Because the cash is lower, they've got a weak strength of field because bigger players are picking to go to bigger events.
0: Do we yeah. think that, I just I just want to touch on what George said there because it was actually quite interesting what he was saying about the UFC and Tom touched on it on the 100. Do we think that perhaps the future for the for coverage of golf, especially when you've got a, a men's event and a women's event on at the same time in terms of L.E.T. and, and uh, DP World Tour, that actually they just the coverage is during the afternoon, it's just of the golf. So they might say, Right, we're just gonna cut over to Denmark for the women's event and we're just gonna watch a few shots here because this is happening and then they come back to Scotland or wherever they're playing for the DP World and it's just it's just coverage of the two events, which are just completely. I don't different know why the or... whole
2: tours aren't more aligned, like why are they all having different events every week? Like it seems silly to me that they're not playing more at the same time nearby. Or even like the women playing the same events like the week afterward, because you've got all the infrastructure in. Like, why are they then paying to have it somewhere else, completely else? Like, well, it doesn't what, make any sense what, to me.
3: I think, Alex, that you're, uh, you've are just described some sort of utopian land where no one's going to moan. Can you imagine if people were watching the British Masters or the PGA Wentworth and they were watching Rory come down the stretch and then we just cut to the, uh, the ladies at Galgorm Castle? No one on Twitter is going to moan about that, are they? I think you're, you're describing
0: quite a, an extreme example, aren't you?
3: No laying up, basically have a stroke if there's an advert. Like what? <laughs> like what? like <laughs> we don't. When we watch an American broadcast, you don't see a single European golfer for four hours as it is, and that's why they're trying to, try to cover one event. But yeah, I do think there is something in that idea. I think that's a good idea. Thank you. I'll pitch it to the uh, powers that be. Yeah. Talking of players that I'm going to segue this
0: beautifully. Talking of. Uh, I that didn't get any coverage over the weekend until it all kicked off. Cameron Smith, Now he had a, a week of it, which started with him basically being confirmed that he's going to live. Then he had that incident which blew up on social media where Scotty Scheffler walked in front of him as he was lining up a putt, which turned out to be nothing because about two holes later, they were essentially hugging on the green after an eagle. Hello.
3: I mean, and what else would you expect from Sky Scheffler, winner of the inaugural Nice Guy Deserved to Be the Player of the Year Award?
0: Exactly, exactly. He tried to throw it away at the last minute,
3: <laughs>
0: dragged us back in. Uh, and then he got in, uh, Cam Smith got embroiled in this strange uh, rules mishap, for want of a better phrase, where during the third round, he uh, dropped his ball back into the penalty area and then, the PGA Tour officials didn't pick it up until 24 hours later. They went and spoke to Smith about it. Smith said, yeah, actually, I didn't know the rule and I broke it. And then he was handed that two-shot penalty. I mean, then they're, they're sort of not trying to convince him to stay on the PGA Tour, are they?
2: I mean, didn't they know about the ruling, but they were waiting to talk to him because they needed confirmation of if, if it was touching the line or not, was what I read.
0: Well, yeah, it's not so much the delay. I think it's more the punishing someone. Uh, I mean, it's this age-old argument, isn't it, where we we hate this video referee stuff we can't stand it even though it's like ruining football now basically but that's another podcast <laughs> but we thought we'd got past these days where people were sort of phoning in and going oh i saw this or, 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 during the project and now cam Why smith's
2: getting take a proper drop? then we wouldn't have to Sorry, worry about I,
3: it. so are you, are you saying that cam smith should be giving some rules no absolutely no no, no no i'm smith's not
0: saying game. that i'm not saying that i'm saying my my thought on the process has always been not every single player is being filmed for so every some, single shot some
2: people can cheat so some it.
0: people i'm not i'm not saying some people are cheating i'm saying if that had happened to someone at the bottom of the field who wasn't on camera they wouldn't have got that two shot penalty
3: maybe matsuyama and uh, cameron smith should be awarded two free mulligans in, in the remaining <laughs> player. if they stay sorry
2: maybe they're like Players should just know the rules better, and then.
3: Yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not
0: leaning this one way or the other. But we're talking about an incident that, if it had been another player who wasn't on camera, wouldn't
3: have been hit with a penalty. Oh, sorry, you're trying to have an actual debate about armchair referees. So, do we
2: know? Do we know how it was reported? Do we know it was reported from camera or from a referee on site?
0: Well, I don't think it really matters. Um, My point is that it was on. It was. It was the court on camera. The rule. Either the rules official saw it or someone alerted him to it. And what I'm saying is, I and mean, we we've had how many incidents can we think of down the years where this has happened? I can think of one with Camille Vujacic. I can think of one with was it Anna Nordquist in the Women's US Open or something? Yeah, or but else.
2: you can't just not penalise someone because someone else somewhere. No, sorry, Could I'm not. I'm, let's let's, role, let's, let's nip that thought it.
0: process in the bud straight away. Like mm-hmm. let's just just get rid of that thought process. I'm absolutely not saying that. Like the, the rules should be adhered to, but we've got a sport where some people can be punished because something was caught on camera later and some people can potentially get but away you can with it.
2: You can only do what you have the information <laughs> for. So if you uh, see I mean, it somewhere and they've broken the rule, then they have to be penalised. What do you want them to do? Put CCTV on every hole? No, of
3: course, no. Just let me roll my sleeves up. Like 100% technology's got no place in sport whatsoever. And <laughs> for one of the main reasons is what Alex is saying, it's just continuity of what you're watching because in golf as he rightly says, not everything's caught on camera. So people are effectively playing by two different sets of rules. In other sports, equally, it's undermining for officials that their ruling at the time has been overruled by someone who's then had the luxury of watching it 10 times on a replay. It slows the game down. It creates like debates like this where literally no advantage has been gained by Cam Smith by what he did. It's a total nonsense. Like it just There's literally zero place for it. And if the occasional, or even if there's like one, two, three decisions that are wrong in every event, like, so what, it's a sport, and over the course of a season, or even a playoff series, everything will get balanced out at the end. But well, the problem yeah. is, it's
2: on camera, isn't it? So it's always going to be caught. It's not like you can just get rid of it, you didn't can't cheat, turn the TV did. cameras off.
3: He didn't cheat, did he? Well,
2: so should they just change that rule then?
3: No, but he, he didn't seek to gain an advantage. He just incorrectly applied the rules if the ball had been an inch inside the line it would have made no difference yeah exactly
1: it's so petty
2: I but mean, it's again, still a rule that, that that's the problem if you go to identify your ball and you pick it up without putting a t-marker in you get a penalty shot you your intention wasn't to
3: he wasn't, he improve wasn't the intent- lie or
2: to do whatever yeah but a lot incorrect. of the times you don't in- intend to break a rule but you do
3: yeah and that and you are not you aren't gaining advantage and not all players would have been caught not gaining an advantage. So it's 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 a technicality, it's boring and it's petty and it's, there's no place for it in sport. If he'd, have, yeah. if he'd have booted the ball on the green and that had been caught on camera, then the correct course of action would have been to show him a video and say, look here, Cameron, you've just booted the ball on the green. <laughs> then he should have been asked to DQ himself. That's what should have happened. This sort of thing is just, there's no place for it.
0: Hannah, I think I think I would just like to clear up that there's, there's, I've got no issue, and Tom is obviously saying the same with the rules being applied correctly, of course, that should always be the case. It's just the 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 level playing field argument that some players are on camera and some aren't uh, and that doesn't that's, that's not that's not me saying the other players are yeah I'm, that's what I'm saying that's why I'm discussing it because we don't we don't know the answer. we're just saying that it doesn't seem fair that some players can get penalized for being on camera and some players will get away with it.
3: Anyway, but it's, but it's also it's so, there should be latitude for like this sort of thing. It's like it's not supposed to be perfect. Like, yeah, it's really. Mean. It's the it's the
0: it's the VAR in football competition uh, discussion, isn't it? Like, why are we why are we looking at these lines? Which are like, why are we discussing a toe being offside? Like, just get on with it.
3: Like, it's it's human error and
0: it happens in sport and it should be allowed to happen in sport.
3: And everyone said, everyone said, oh, well, when, we, when we've got technology, that'll be the end of debates about whether it's a penalty, or whether it's offside oh, or no, no, no. whether was on the line or not. But it isn't, is it? It's actually worse.
1: Well, yeah, because it's more infuriating, isn't it? When, when you think the decision is wrong, when the technology is there, at least when it's just a wrong decision, in your opinion, because of human error, you can sort of... It makes me more mad when it's like technology's there and it still seems wrong.
3: When, when uh, the Lionesses won the Euros the other week, that was almost ruined whilst they waited to see if the goal was going to be disallowed because of VAR. She actually had a look round, like that. You saw she of, was like holding that, her
0: shirt, wasn't she? She, she was holding horrible, her shirt, yeah. waiting
3: to find out if she could rip it off or not. <laughs> Unbelievable! All of, all of that sort of visceral spontaneity of like live sport is just lost because we think, oh, we better just wait for the TV replay. Oh, thanks for that. And in this case, we had to wait a day. Well, anyway, he
1: won't. He won't be playing four days soon anyway. So Smith is. Uh,
3: well right exactly
0: so smith is off to live where mm. no one's watching anyway so none of this stuff will get pulled
3: up if you're going to have it apply what you should do is you should build in a day between the rounds four rounds so every tournament should be eight days so then they could employ a team <laughs> of people to review every single group every single action and then you then it'd be fair there you
0: go i like
3: that or just take the cameras away
2: but surely sport go is events. apparently not fair like if someone's ball goes in a div and someone's doesn't we're like ah oh, sport's not fair and then as soon as this happens... No, we're not,
3: no, we're not, no, we're not, no, we're not. Everyone else is like, the ball goes in the divot, get on with it. That's what, that's part of the game.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's part of the game that it's not fair that you've got a bad line in the fairway. So why is it any different? It's
3: part of the chance. It's the same as if you hit the ball in the tree and sometimes you can get out, sometimes if you can't, it's just unfortunate.
2: So isn't that not the same if you caught on camera with a dodgy drop? It's just unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> it's not! <laughs> Every
3: group's got to play around the same trees and the same set of divots and not every group's on camera.
2: We'll agree to disagree.
3: Well, we can do. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine.
0: <laughs> Talking about uh, things we're going to agree to disagree on, but I think we're probably actually all going to agree. The, the great short debate reared its ugly head over the weekend. Now, there was a rather unsavoury... If you follow Hannah on Twitter, <laughs> you would have seen she got in... Quite a muddle with uh, some someone who disagreed with her somewhat we're, we're in the middle of a heat wave at the moment so it's topical and players european tour players um pga tour players whoever still aren't allowed to wear shorts and this this came up over uh, sorry they're not allowed to wear shorts during tournament rounds this came up on social media over the weekend it's just an absolute nonsense, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it is. I but want us to end on something we can all agree on, so we can all be friends again.
1: <laughs> but that's boring. I get it. We're all, we all know. It. We all know that you should probably be allowed to wear shorts. Like, there's no. I don't. I, I don't understand. Like, what the argument could be? What is the argument for it still r- remaining? I don't, I don't think don't there's actually,
3: an. Huh? I don't think. I don't think there's an argument for people being asked to wear shorts. I think there's an argument against the conflation of top braids. Well, there we go. That's what I'm asking. To play, to wear shorts in their tour events, and centuries of the suppression of women's rights. I think that's possibly where (laughs) there's a a debate to be had. I'm a bit conflicted because that man is from Lincolnshire and plays golf at Seacroft, which is like my favourite golf course in the world. So it's difficult. Well, you just
2: need to put that to one side here. But yeah, (laughs) that was ridiculously stupid. I was like, is is this actually a real person typing this?
0: I just think for, for anyone that doesn't follow you on Twitter or doesn't have Twitter that's listening, he he's a he's a caddy on the Legends tour, I believe, and he was quite rightly getting crossed that the players weren't allowed to wear shorts despite the stifling heat at last week's tournament. And then for some reason
2: basically he, he, he started tagging in, in a load
0: of female. And asked golfers. me
2: if I thought men should be able to wear shorts. And, and I you said, said yes. Yes. And then he Big said, well, stupid. why
0: are you talking about this more? Like, it's your
2: job. <laughs> and then he told me off because I was a social media woman and I'm not bringing this issue up. Apparently, if it was the other way around, I would be ranting about it. Because I talk about equality in golf, I have to talk about every single topic, apparently.
3: That's, that's your own fault. Your so you're now well-known campaigner, Hannah Holden, threw a hat into the ring on the hot topic of men being able to wear shorts.
1: I think I think this guy might be onto something.
3: Let's we should going on the podcast.
2: Let's get him on. I think I'm Definitely pretty sure. Not.
3: Well, anyway. Basically,
2: if you want to wear shorts, crack on, but don't compare it to in a court in golf to women, because that's absolutely the most ludicrous thing I've heard in my life.
0: Don't compare it to hitting a ball out of a divot.
1: But their their poor legs get hot, Hannah, in the in the summer.
0: Have you not thought about that? They're
1: old as well. These, these poor <laughs> these poor men playing on the tours, not earning enough money, and their their legs are getting hot.
0: I'm absolutely sick. i'm absolutely sick of it to be honest with you men men male golfers have suffered enough it stops now
2: <laughs> but I, I do like jokes aside i do think it's such a like a traditionalist thing like if you think the elitist kind of background of golf the only reason men can't wear shorts is because of like this tradition that they have to dress smart which is just a load of rubbish isn't it no one I cares i couldn't give a if anyone this... turned up in hot pants and a crop top I, I do, really do not understand why it affects anyone else's life if someone dresses yes. like that and you don't think it's good you're not going to be playing in a four ball with them probably just get over it like this no one what... cares if people play like tennis or whatever in a miniskirt and a <laughs> tiny tank top so like why what I don't I just don't understand I don't get it
3: You Hannah this is why I came knocking on your door this kind of impassioned
1: because you're fleet. the you're the social media woman
3: remember yeah.
2: Well yeah yeah, I actually have views on this topic, but he's just annoyed me, sir. So.
3: No, one, no one wants to see Darren Clark in hot pants and a crop top. <laughs> <laughs> What's that?
2: I just really don't get why it matters what people wear to play golf. Like, how is it affecting your life if the person in the group in front of you is playing in joggers and a hoodie? Like, why does it matter?
0: Well, this has always been my argument about jeans. Like, people say, oh, I don't want players in jeans at my golf club. And I say, if you're playing in jeans, you're an absolute lunatic. Jeans are about as uncomfortable as you can get, let alone out in a hot day in a field.
2: Also, why does it matter if they're wearing jeans? Like, what's so inherently bad about a pair of jeans?
3: Exactly, like, exactly. I walk
2: into a pub Preach. and someone's wearing jeans. I'm like, oh, he's wearing jeans. just we, can
3: we, can we Please not do this. <laughs> We're not really going to start talking about dress codes, are we? Are we? No, we're I, mean, not.
2: I think like we've already started, but
0: that's a discussion for another yeah, day. I think. Further. I suspect everyone switched off at Darren Clark in hot pants, so perhaps that's, that's when a...
2: everyone turned on.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Darren Clark in hot pants.
0: <laughs> and I'm turning it into a carry-on podcast. On that note, I think I think that feels like a really nice place <laughs> to leave this. So let's let's all awkwardly shuffle off. Please don't Google Darren Clark in hot pants because that, not on a work computer anyway. We're
3: not shuffling after Darren Clark in hot pants, are we? That's not a thing either.
0: (laughs) We'll cut that out. Follow us on social media, guys. Thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) That went off on a
1: tangent,
2: didn't it? (laughs)